This episode of the Crack House Chronicles is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line or a self-help line. It's professional counseling done securely online. Now, Dale, this is a broad range of expertise that is available, which may not be locally available in many areas. Yeah, this service is available for clients worldwide. Worldwide? Worldwide. Worldwide. And you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you don't have to worry about sitting in an uncomfortable waiting room and waiting on a traditional therapist. Yeah, which is really good in this time. You don't really want to go and sit in the waiting room with a bunch of people with stuff going on that's going on today. Sitting there with a mask on and, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's no good. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. And if you don't like your counselor, it's pretty easy to change. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. It's more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. That's always good. Right that's, a, that's awesome. Yeah. And BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. That's right. So visit their website and read the testimonials. They're posted there daily. All right, Dale. Visit BetterHelp.com slash CHC. That's Better H-E-L-P. And you can join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's right. In fact, so many people are using it now. They're actually recruiting counselors in all 50 states. So a special offer for our listeners, you can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CHC. you got to use the code word BetterHelp.com slash CHC. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is a man whose voicemail greeting says, please leave your name and number and a damn good reason why this conversation couldn't be done over text. That's right. It's Dale. <laughs> Ooh, that reminds me of one I had on my ass machine years ago. My dad chapped my ass over that one. But anyway. It's okay. <laughs> we'll skip that. That's another episode for us. <laughs> What's going on, bud? Oh, not much. What's up with you, pal? I'm glad to do another episode, man. Yeah, it's good to get back in the groove. Absolutely. You got anything for us? Any kind of good shout-outs? Anything uh, going on? We're going to shout out to our buddy Tim Willis, old Stokes85. Shout out to you, buddy. I think I Stoke 85. Is it? Man, I had too many S's in my yeah. Stokes. <laughs> anyway, we'd like to give a shout out to him, man. He's a good guy. Yep. And he is actually joining us here in the crack house today, Ooh. sitting on the sidelines, giving a thumbs up. Sitting on the sidelines. <laughs> Put me in, coach. Let me play. I want to talk. <laughs> hey, taxi. Pad four, please. <laughs> That's right. I'm glad you're here, buddy. Let me get All there. right. All right. What else you got going on? Oh, what do you think, man? We're going to push a little stuff on you. How about uh, give it out there and give us a Apple rate and review. Go out there. If you have an uh, Apple device, go to the, out there and give us a rating. It really helps us out. Uh, go out to our YouTube channel and give us a, a subscription follow there. Go out and like our Facebook and follow us on Instagram. You might get some cool stuff that way. And also check out our website. Check out the store page. Check out the T-shirts and other merchandise that's on there. 
Get you a crack house t-shirt, people. Yeah, yeah you need you one. Absolutely. And if you don't want to drop that much change, you can just always go down and give us some gas money button and drop us a few dollars. How about that? Yep. Um, Tim, sure. Willis, Tim Willis got a t-shirt today. Oh, yeah? Did he give us any money? Uh, he drunk a beer out of my fridge okay close enough okay <laughs> all right what's going on today Donald? all right dale we have a an unusual case and we're going to leave this open-ended and let people decide what they think hello can i help you yeah, um, so uh, I just got home from work, and uh, my wife wasn't there, which is unusual, and my kids should have been there by now from, like, daycare, so I was like, oh, maybe she went on a walk. Um, I couldn't find her, so I called the, the daycare to see what time she picked up the kids. The kids were never picked up, so I got freaked out, so I hit, like, the Find My iPhone app thing, and it said that her, it showed her phone, like, at our end of our driveway. We don't have really good service. Okay. Um, not the end of our driveway, but the end of our street. I just drove down there, and I saw her phone with her headphones because she started running again. And it, her, I found her phone, and it's got, like, hair ripped out of it, like, in the headphones. So I'm, like, totally freaking out, thinking, like, somebody, okay, like, what's just grabbed her. Okay, what's your address? Ready. What, okay, what's your last name? Yes. Papini, P-A-P-I-N-I. And your first name? Uh, Keith. K-E-I-T-H? Uh, yes. Okay. Did you go pick up your children? No, I'm going to call my mom and have her do it. Okay. What's your wife's name? I'm going to, like, knock on every door. Uh, Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I. And same last name? Yes. She white female? Yes. What's her date of birth? Uh, it is uh, June 11, 1982. Is her vehicle there? Does she not have a vehicle? She has a vehicle that's at the house. Okay, the vehicle yeah, is at the house? She's running. How? Okay. Yes, I'm how? in it right now driving, and I took a picture of her phone on the ground before I picked it up. Okay, how tall is she? 5'3", 5'4". How much does she weigh? 100 pounds. Eye color? Uh, like a bluish blue. Okay, hair color? Blonde. Do you know what she was wearing? Is there no something idea. she always wears? I'm assuming she went running, so okay, probably athletic textbook. Okay, there's not an outfit she always wears or anything like that. Does she run with a dog or by herself? By herself. Okay. What time were the kids? We just started running again, and we live in a... When's the last time you heard from her? Uh, she sent me a text asking me if I was coming home for lunch. Uh, what time was that? Um, uh... Well, give me one second. She sent me a text at 10.47 asking me if I was coming home from lunch from work. And I said, sorry, long day. And that was the last. Never spoke to her on the phone, never any other contact. Okay, and what time are the kids supposed to be picked up? Way before 5.30. She usually goes to like 4.45. Okay. 4.30, 4.45. Okay, are you headed back to the house, or where are you at right now? I'm at the end of the driveway. Where, uh, at, I'm at the Old Oregon Trail and Sunrise where they meet, because that's right where I found her phone, on the ground. You're telling me that something happened to her is the way I'm looking at it. There's like Then there was hair like in the headphones. 
Like it got ripped off of like the ground. Yeah, no, I un- I understand. I understand. Okay, I'm sorry. I know it's you're okay. trying to keep me calm, but obviously. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of vehicle are you in? I'm in a black Kia Optima. Oh my god. Okay. And I live, I mean, we live down kind of a sketchy street, so I yeah. definitely, I don't know if I'm allowed to knock on everybody's door, but I will if I'm allowed to do that. Well, let's just have the officers contact you so they can start, you know, processing everything, figure out what's going on, okay? And I understand you're freaking out a little bit. We want to we wanna make sure we get your kids. Make sure they're okay. Obviously yeah, I'm going to call my mom start, and have her. Yeah, they've been stuck in the your phone number. Yes. Do you want me to wait right here for somebody? If, if you want to head back to your residence so they can contact you there, and in case she does return. Okay. Okay. We'll have them contact okay. you at your residence. Call us back if anything changes, all right? All right, so they're going to call the number you just took down the 355. They'll probably call you when they're on their way, and they're going to come out in person. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. This is the the disappearance of Sherry Papini. She lived in Redding, California with her husband, Keith Papini, and their two small children. And she was, well, reportedly a national retail account executive at AT&T. And I don't know if she worked from home or if she actually had a part-time job with them or actually physically worked at an AT&T office. Well, it sounds like a pretty good position. It does sound like a made-up position to me. <laughs> and her husband, Keith, worked for Best Buy. Yeah, he was the worked for the Geek Squad for Best Buy. Right, so he was into computers and doing installations and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he was. And well, I guess I maybe think, he still does. Who knows? I think he does. Okay. Now, this uh, Best Buy was mm, probably about 20 miles from their house. Yeah, 20 minutes, give or take. Yeah, yeah, 20 miles, 20 minutes, somewhere along there. So that's going to come into play just a little bit later. Yeah. All right. We're going to get into the day she disappeared. <laughs> I was going to say, just like Tim Wills, if you let him off the bench. <laughs> yeah, he's going to catch hell today. <laughs> okay. My bad. Go ahead. All right. We're going to get into the day she disappeared, Dale. And this was on November the 2nd, 2016. Okay. Uh, Keith got up that morning, went to work at Best Buy. Pretty early too, right? Like six o'clock or something. Yeah, he was up pretty early, and, and she took the kids to daycare that day. Is it a daycare? Or was it like a preschool? They were pretty small, so I think it was a daycare. I don't mm-hmm. think it, you know. I think one of them was maybe two years old at the time. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I don't think it was more well, more like a daycare. All right. Well, I was going to say if it was like a like a head start or something, it would make more sense to. If she was at home all the time, why take them to daycare? Yeah, okay. and maybe maybe she wanted to have some structure in her life, you know, to have a something going on as far as a routine. Okay, you know, I get that. But anyway, Keith went to work, and she took the kids to daycare. And sometime that morning, she texted Keith, asking him if he was coming home for lunch. That was at ten twenty four a.m. Ten twenty four. Yes. All right. And he <clears throat> said that he had too much going on at work. Right. Now, he didn't text her back till about 1 o'clock because he was busy doing an installation somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Busy, busy day. Right. And she had went out for a jog. Yeah, sometime between then and... About 1 o'clock. 
you know, somewhere, well, somewhere in there. That will had to be between then, then and four thirty, I guess. But so we don't really know exactly what time it was. But she had taken up jogging again because uh, her and I think some of her family members were going to jog in a, a benefit race. Yeah, it was like a superhero 5K or something. Yeah. Something like that where they would dress up in costumes and run a 5K race for charity or something. Yeah, and she got back into jogging, to I guess, to get back in shape. But keep in mind, Sherry was only five foot three, 100 pounds. Yeah, so I mean, how far out of shape was she? Yeah, and at the time of her disappearance, she was 34 years old. Right. Now, she went out for this jog and supposedly was abducted. Right. Now, Keith comes home. He gets home from work about 4.30 that evening. And he uh, he's been reported saying that, you know, when he comes home and gets in the door, the the wife and kids are running to meet him, and they just have a big hug session. Right. And he got home, and there was nobody there. Nothing. The house was empty. Yeah, the car was there, but nobody came to the door. Yep. And he called her on her cell phone. Yep. And no answer. No answer to a call nor text. And he had the app on his phone called Find My Phone. Right. And he pulled it up and found that her phone, well, supposedly Sherry was at their mailbox. Right. Now, Which was like about a mile down the road. Or a mile from their house. And I think this was a country road. And it, if you visualize it, the mailbox was a bank of mailboxes for people, I guess, that lived in that neighborhood. Yeah, it was a a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, everybody's seen them. Yeah. And it, it was about a mile away from their house. So when he pinged her phone through the Find My Phone app, it showed that she was at the mailbox. Right. And Keith, her husband, just assumed that her and the kids went for a walk and went to the mailbox. And he they would be there. So he gets in his car and drives down there, and there's no one there. Nobody's there. Nobody's there. He gets out <clears throat> and looking around and – in the grass he finds her cell phone right and her earbuds and tangled up in the earbuds earbud cords is some of her hair right yeah like you said on the 911 call yeah and like i said sherry she had uh, strikingly blonde hair it was almost white blonde yeah. so, really long yeah but he reported that some of her hair had been pulled out and was wrapped up in the cords yeah, and he was kind of flipping out over that. Like, right off the bat, he was thinking, you know, she'd been abducted because of that. But if you think about it, if you got really long hair, that's probably not that unusual Mm-mm. to have, you know. I mean, I mean, it's not like a clump. It was like, you know, just a couple strands. But Yeah, and yeah, we'll post pictures of Sherry on our social media accounts and everything like that. And, you know, I've read too, Dale, that, she may have worn extent, extensions in her hair at some point or Could be. at time. So, but I don't know about this case. But the day she disappeared, she was wearing a, a bright pink, uh, I guess, running suit. Yeah. Reportedly. It was like pink and black and white, I think. Yeah. At least it, her jacket was. Yeah. I'm trying to find a photograph of the phone that's in the grass. And it shows, I've seen it on news reports. And if I find it, I will post a picture of it. But it looks like the the cords, the earbud cords, are neatly wrapped up and laid on the phone. And the phone is face up in the grass. Right. So it's kind of weird to me. Like, so first thing he thought of when he seen a couple strands of hair was she had been abducted or somebody had done something to her. 
but it's just strange at the same time that it's so neatly placed. Yeah. And he takes a picture of it before he picks it up. So he says. Yeah. Now, would you? If no. You, if you get home and you're flipping out, your wife's gone. And uh, he did call the daycare. Yeah. And uh, found out that she never even picked him up. Yes, he did. Right. So when he got home and discovered she wasn't there, he couldn't figure out what was going on. He's like, well, hell, I wonder where she's at. So he called uh, called the daycare to see what time she had picked up the kids and discovered they were still there. So then when he went down there and, and he found the phone, and the phone's laying there in the grass, and that's when he had the little flip-out moment. Anyway, uh, he saw the phone laying there, and he just decided he would take a photo of the phone laying there before he grabbed it to see what was going on. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have done that. No. I would have picked the phone up. And see what the hell was going on. Yeah, exactly. Especially if I'm already thinking, you know, I don't know. But his first instinct was that she'd been abducted. Yeah. That's his first instinct. Yeah. He like, it ain't, it's not like, oh, hell, she dropped her phone. <laughs> you know, or anything. It's just, so right off the bat, it's suspicious to me. Yeah, it is. And then, you know, when you hear the 911 call, it's kind of, I don't know, same way. Yeah. There's a lot of suspicious stuff in this story, but we'll figure out what's going on with you. Well, the earbuds was found at the intersection of Sunrise Drive and Old Oregon Trail. Yeah. And like I said, it was about a mile from their home. Now, Dale, police were investigating her disappearance, and they weren't getting any leads from anything. No. No. And nobody spotted anything, any surveillance cameras around the area. There was nothing on her disappearance now keith he took it upon himself to start a gofundme page yeah really quick really quick and trying to raise money to hire his own private investigator and about this time there was a a guy who inserted himself in this whole situation by the name of cameron gamble and he this guy was some kind of self-professed abduction expert (laughs) yeah yeah supposedly and he said he had the backing of an anonymous donor and they were offering fifty thousand dollars in exchange for sherry's return right if it was before thanksgiving yeah before thanksgiving (laughs) so um what they'd done they give them a timeline and if they if sherry hadn't been returned that that uh, ransom was off the table, or that reward was off the table. Yeah, basically what he's going to do, I think it was ten thousand off the right off the bat, and then uh, they decided it was going to raise it. But then if it, if uh, she wasn't returned within that time limit, then he was going to make it uh, more of a wanted for who had got him instead of instead of everybody looking for her, everybody would be looking for them. They're coming for them, yeah. yeah. But he said he had the backing of an ano- anonymous donor. Which is weird to me. Yeah. And he said this anonymous donor was a, was a philanthropist that just happened to be watching the news during this time and saw Sherry's husband, Keith, you know, pleading for her safe return. Right. You know, crying and begging for her return and just felt bad for him. So he generously... Felt they needed help. Yeah. Yeah. So he said he didn't want to attract any attention to himself. He just wanted to put up the money. So was, all that's kind of that's, that's good, but it's kind of weird to me. It, it's way weird. That's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, Especially if you don't even know him. Exactly. 
Now, at this time, they was also checking into Keith because, you know, that's what you do right off the bat. Yeah, check out and, the husband. Yeah, and he was very uh, cooperative with them and uh, did anything they wanted, give them phones, get access to computers, phones, DNA, whatever they needed. They gave him, he took a lie detector test, which I heard was like four hours long. Yeah. And uh, he passed, passed it, everything. Passed yeah. it with flying colors. But, you know, when they said he gave up his computers and his phone, all that stuff, you know, but if he was working Geek Squad, he could have had all that ready anyway. He did, yeah. Know, if, you know, he had something to do with it, which I'm not sure he did or, or not. But I think he was uh, they were, he was really in love with this chick, so I don't really think he had nothing to do with yeah, it. Yeah, you can watch some of his uh, interviews on TV, on YouTube, and, man, he's pouring his heart out. Yeah, he's, he's pretty tore up about it, right? Yeah, man, that's, that's – I'm no I'm no expert on something like that, but he's that's pretty genuine. Well, if you think about, it, they got a long history. You know, they go back to like seventh grade. Yeah, they were they were junior high sweethearts. Yeah, and then uh, they drifted apart, and she went and actually married another guy by the name of David Dreyfus. Right, but they didn't stay. Uh, they didn't stay together very long. Mm-mm. I yeah. think about two years. Yeah, I think least. they were married on paper for two years. I don't even think they were that together that long no, at this, all. And what is weird during that time? Before they were divorced, Keith moved in with her. Yeah, she had moved back to Reading and run into him, and then they rekindled their old flame and actually went on a real date, and then, yeah, and yeah. they moved in together. Yeah, while she was still married to David Dreyfus. Right, so that's what I'm saying. You know, they was probably married on paper, but yeah, you know, it had been split up a while, and I don't even know if he knew that she had been married before. Because basically, like in her blog, she said, you know, it was weird living with a guy that she because she had never done that before. Mm-hmm. So maybe she was playing him right off the bat. Could have been. You know, when they, her and when she was doing their their wedding blog or whatever, right into first, she was talking about how weird it was living with a, a man because she hadn't done it before. Yeah. And so that's why I'm thinking Keith probably didn't even know about the first marriage. No, he probably didn't. Cause, so she's playing him way back. Yeah. But they did interview Sherry's ex-husband, David Dreyfus. Yes. And he was nowhere around, and he, he hadn't spoke to her in probably six years. Yeah, over six years. Yeah, yeah so he wasn't even close by. Right. And Keith did have an alibi when during her disappearance, and he was, you know, at work. It was confirmed that he was at work. Yeah, but what his job is at work could be – I mean, because they, uh, they said – Remember I said that uh, he didn't text her back until like 1 o'clock. True. Because he said that he didn't have his personal phone with him when he was out doing this uh, installation. So if he was pinging that phone, it could be at the Best Buy office. Meanwhile, he's got his work phone, and they follow. They can follow it, GPS. But just because he's at, at work don't mean he's at work. I just, wonder if that job. I just wonder if their Geek Squad vans have GPS on them where they can track them at work. Probably. So, I mean, you know, if he was cleared, I'm sure – they check that stuff. Yeah. Donnie, yeah. I'm trying to stir up some stuff here. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm just covering all angles. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, as far as Keith goes, I, I believe Keith. I mean, I really do. I think he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I think he is. He's like Willis. Stoke 85. Hey, taxi. Pad four, please. <laughs> all right. Don't get choked on your beer. I'm ready. All right, Dale, we're going to move ahead just a little bit, about three weeks on Thanksgiving Day on November the 24th. Yeah, because we hadn't heard anything, no leads, no nothing. There's been nothing. No no ransom and, demands, nobody answered. The, and three weeks, that we had heard nothing. Nothing from the professional, whatever you said he was. Uh, hostage negotiator. Yeah, he hadn't done any good and hadn't heard nothing and... 
and now we're at four o'clock in the morning on uh, Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day, and Keith is at home. Sherry's husband Keith is at home four o'clock in the morning, and he gets a phone call. Actually, he gets a phone call on his cell phone, and it's an unknown number, and he doesn't answer it. Yeah, because he said he was up shaving at four thirty in the morning. Yeah, I man, I don't answer unknown numbers either, especially at four thirty. No, but then his home phone rings. Yeah, and it's a call from the sheriff. Right. And in the background, Sherry's just hysterical. So he's flipping out because yeah. he can hear her. She knew, he knows she's, she's alive. Yep. And this has been, what, three weeks? Give three weeks, yeah. 20, 20 something days. And saying that Sherry has been found and she was 150 miles away in Sacramento. Right. 150 miles away from Redding, California. And she had been spotted on a highway. It was actually a country road near I 5 in the county of Yolo. This woman that spotted her, I guess being early in the morning hours, didn't pull over to help her. She just, I guess, pulled up to an exit on ramp or off ramp and called 911. Yeah, since she was uh, running down, well, first, <clears throat> Sherry's like at a room by a house and she decided not to go in the house and then went, they caught a scene on a video that she was around a church. Yeah. And then frantically running around and then. There's actually video of her running around this parking lot. Right. <clears throat> and then decided against that and went run up the, the on-ramp up to the interstate. Yeah. And this woman spotted her on the road and, and pulled over and called 911. Yeah, since she was she saw her, she was frantic and waving what looked like a shirt or something. And she just kind of called her out of the corner of her eye. Of course, it's 430 in the morning and it's dark. And she's going down the interstate. You know, she's probably running pretty good speed. And then she saw her, but she saw she may need some help. But she probably was smart enough to know she wasn't going to stop. So said she kept going till she saw a mile marker. And that's when she pulled over and called 911 so mm-hmm. she could give them actual location. Yeah. But she said the woman looked kind of dirty, disheveled. Um, Wide-eyed. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually pretty terrified the way she looked on her face. And said she, you know, her face looked dirty. Which is uh, a lot of details to be running 70 mile an hour before they're in the morning. Yeah. yeah pitch dark. But, yeah. Hey, who knows? I don't know. But she said later that she thought maybe the dirty was probably just all the bruises. Yeah. Because she sure, was pretty beat up. Sherry sure had uh, bruises all over her body. Her nose had been broken. Yep. The bridge of her nose had been broken. And Dale, she had been branded. Yeah. She had had a brand. On her back or on her uh, oh, right shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. yeah. And said that the bruises ranged from anywhere from real yellow to black. So it was a long span of time. Yeah, they've been, been beat. Yeah, they've bruises have been there they've changed color so right. they've been there for a while but sherry was in the hospital and keith her husband got to her as quickly as he could yeah and he went to sacramento and when he walked into the hospital room he barely recognized her right well you know when they picked her up she was wearing uh i don't know like a was it like a jogging suit or oversized jogging pants and yeah. sweat and had a chain around her waist and uh, I think her left hand was uh, was zip tied to the chain. Yeah. And then her other hand, and she had uh, some hose clamps around her ankle. Yeah. That they said was probably used for some kind of torture or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure she was not in a good way. The time he got there to see her. No. No, but see, Keith said she looked really rough. He didn't even recognize her. Yeah, hair been chopped off, pretty short. Yeah. Been beat up pretty bad. Broken nose branded yeah not in a good way no uh-uh. she was she was in bad shape 
now and, and lost almost 20 pounds yeah and she didn't weigh much to begin with yeah she was 100 pounds to begin with and dropped down to about 80 mm. so yeah it wasn't wasn't good for it all especially that's, that's pretty quick mm-hmm. three in three weeks yeah according to the shasta county sheriff tom basinko shasta yeah shasta fanta in interviews with sherry he said that she was held by two hispanic women who took steps to cover their faces with either them wearing a mask or them having a bag over Sherry's head or some kind of covering over her head. Right. So she didn't get to see them much at all. But now she did say that one of them was older, darker hair, or not, well, darker hair with graying in it, and there was a younger woman. Yeah, and she said that she didn't really look at them even if she had a chance because she was worried about getting more beaten. Yeah. So she tried not to look. Exactly. And she said that they they took her in a, a dark-colored SUV. Right. And these same two people was the, supposedly the people who abducted her at the mailbox. Yeah. And they did have a handgun. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah, had handguns. Mm-hmm. And when they abducted her, apparently they had uh, brandished guns, and they both had bandanas over their face. Yeah. And we do have a, a photo of the composite of these two women, but it's just... Two women with a bandana and mask over their face. It's like it's like something you'd see today during this COVID right. stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, I don't know how much, uh, how much, how good that'll help. Right. Now, the clothes Sherry was wearing, we told, we said that it was a oversized jogging pants. Yeah, sweatshirt. Yeah, and they did find DNA on her. Right. And uh, one DNA match was a female. And the other one was a male. That's right. Which uh, kind of contradicts being that it was only women. Because she said it was only those two women that she had anything to do with the whole time. The whole time, yeah. Gone, yes. Unless those, that clothes belonged to a man that they knew. Could be. Very possible. Yeah. Yeah, the DNA could have been from a, a male that they knew. And clothes they just they'd left somewhere. And they just let her put them clothes on yeah because it definitely was not the clothes she had on when she left now she did say sherry did say that she got in a fight with one of the women the younger one yeah yeah at some point because she was wanting to take a shower and they wouldn't let her take a shower and, and she yeah. cu- she cut her foot on something yeah they said that it was either she she wanted to take a shower or while she was trying to take a shower or some kind of it was in the bathroom and she said that uh, she slammed the girl's head into the toilet mm-hmm. and then while during the tussle she cut her foot yeah, but they didn't find any cut on her foot at all. Right. And or any it, kind of scar or anything. Well, I thought about that, but, you know, it just depends on how bad it was. If it was three weeks, you might not know it was there. It depends on. True. It, you know, didn't say it was a severe laceration, you know. Mm-hmm. It could have been a, a nick. This is true. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really I don't really put much into that. But now, talking about the women that you know, abducted her. Now, Sherry described, like we said, one of the women being younger with long curly hair and thick with a thick accent and pierced ears and thin eyebrows. And the older woman had straight black hair with some gray coloring and thick eyebrows. Did she have a thin accent? I don't know. I just thought that yeah, yeah, sort of <laughs> balance it out. Yeah. And she said the captors mostly spoke in Spanish. Surprising. At the time she was held. Yeah, no. They took those DNAs that they found, and they run it against everybody they think they could. Even because uh, everybody thought maybe, well, here they're going to catch Keith. Mm-hmm. But it was not even close. Yeah. So I wonder why they didn't run it through uh, like a phenotype. Yeah. You know, like it did in uh, the Faith Hesbeth. 
you know, where they can take that DNA and run it, and then it kind of gives them a photograph of of what of who they're kind of looking for. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they could do that now. They probably could. I don't know how new that technology is, but that's what I thought of. You know, when they said they run it and didn't match anything, the female or the male didn't really match anything. Yeah. I don't know if it was just some touch DNA and it's just like some partial. Right. It didn't, it didn't say how much or what. Yeah, time. they didn't say. It was just They just said it was DNA. Yeah, it didn't say if it was a hair for just in the fiber or what. But anyway, that's the first thing I thought of. That would have been cool if they, they would do that. But now let me throw this in here. This whole time that Sherry was abducted for 22 days, she had never been sexually assaulted. Right. Never. Which, was, which is really shocking to me. Yeah, just just beaten and tortured. Because, uh, you know, right off the bat, everybody was thought maybe it was like a sex slave or what do you call it. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I thought of, Dale. Now, Sherry was strikingly beautiful. Thin, young. Well, she's 34 at the time, but she looked really young for her age. Yeah. And, small. Yeah, small frame. And... You know, if if she was abducted, you know, I just wonder if they thought that she was just a teenage girl. Could have. Uh, for trafficking. Yep. Very, very possible. And, you know, then they get her and find out she is a 34-year-old woman. Then Did nobody want to buy Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds bad. That sounds bad, but I mean, yeah. But if, if you look at pictures of Sherry, if you just glance at her, you'll think she's, you know, a teenager. Right. Especially a small stature. Yeah. And she's hanging out by the mailbox on her phone. So exactly. It could have been something like that, yeah. So that, that that's uh, that's crossing my mind, my mind. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. That's a good one. Yeah, thank you. Now, Dale, we're just going to give a little bit of background on, on Sherry. In two thousand year 2000, Sherry's father, Richard Grafe, that's uh, Sherry's maiden name also, G-R-A-E-F-F. She burglarized his residence. And three years later, she made an un- unauthorized withdrawals from his checking account. So basically same difference. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so she's got some shady past going on. Right. And I think she even attempted to kick her the door in at her sister's house at one point. Yeah. And her sister had even said that Sherry was known to injure herself or hurt herself hmm. at, at times. So it just makes me wonder if this was staged or if she had, you know, done this. It's very possible. And another thing, too, that we need to bring up, uh, it was also reported that Sherry was having uh, a text conversation with a man from Detroit. Yes. With plans of meeting him. Yeah, because he was coming to California. Yeah. Just a couple days before she got missing, actually. Exactly. So, but this, they interviewed him and they pretty much ruled him out right off the bat. Yeah, they went to Detroit and questioned him. Yeah, but. They found that uh, the, t- the text had been going on for several months beforehand. Yeah. And I think maybe they hadn't known each other before or something. Mm-hmm. But they, he, was, he had an alibi for being in D- Detroit, so nothing came of that. Right. But it is, it is kind of fishy that, you know, just two days before she went missing. Yeah, and she also had his name in her phone listed under uh, a lady's name. Yeah. For being incognito. Yeah. About 20 years before Sherry's abduction, a friend that Sherry went to high school with was abducted about two miles from where Sherry was abducted. And Dale, to this day, she's never been recovered. Mm. They don't know what happened to this girl. 
it's pretty coincidental, isn't it? Very coincidental. And uh, Sherry's husband, Keith, even went to this girl's father um, asking for advice on what he should do. And during this time, Sherry was missing. So, you know, it makes, it makes you wonder, you know, if Sherry, if she staged this for some reason or if she was really abducted. Well, I don't know. If she staged she sure took an ass whooping to do it. I mean, broke noses can't be much fun. And Brandon. Brandon, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and why, really? Because she didn't get much out of it. She didn't, no fame, no fortune. No. In fact, not even no attention, even if she was attention craving attention before afterwards she's hardly ever been seen since she hadn't done she don't go out she didn't do the the oprah dr phil tour or none of that she uh-uh. didn't no media attention at all and they hardly very few people have seen her outside her home since they in which they actually moved somewhere else but neighbors rarely ever see her at all yeah and keith has given some interviews he has been on good morning america and a few other shows but not her no she will not. She don't do anything. So I don't know, man. I don't know if it was just so traumatic that she didn't want to have anything to. She ain't going to the mailbox. No, she ain't. <laughs> or you check it. Exactly. Have it delivered to the house. Yeah. So I don't know. It is kind of fishy, and there's all kind of theories about it. Is, is it was it a hoax or was it not? But I just don't see the upside of a hoax. I just wonder how much they got off her GoFundMe page. It was uh, 49000 something, just a little bit shy of 50000 which they were trying to get. Yeah. And it wasn't enough to live the rest of your life off of. No. And even though they said that, you know, they really, nobody knows what the, what happened to that money or what was done with it. That basically, after she was found, it was never updated. Not even, nobody even went back and thanked anybody for giving money or anything. So, yeah, I mean, all these people donating money, you should right. at least thank them. Now, I think, uh, wasn't his sister running it, or was it her sister? One of the sisters was running Either his or hers. Right. So, I don't know who that falls on, but it was kind of shitty, really. They got yeah. out there and begged for the money. Well, I don't say begged for it, but put it out there to, to get it. And all the PDs people went and tried to help them out, and then... They found her, and that's it. Yeah. Thanks for the money. But nothing's ever been said about what actually happened to the money. I know. 50 grand. Yep. So, yeah, she got a little bit of fame out of it, but that was that was about it. And some bruises. And some brands. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, this, this, this story is really goes either way, and, and we want everybody to, to comment on it and tell us what you think. Yeah, it's it's pretty complex, and then again, there's nothing to it. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot to it, but not a lot of details because even the police haven't really released very much of anything no. about what's going on. Like, it was just supposedly some Latino ladies with masks. Yep, and that's not a very good description. Not much to go on. I mean, now one other thing, Dale. Let me let me put this out there. An essay was posted on a now-defunct website called skinheads.com. That's with a Z. Yeah, skinheads with a Z. And this essay was signed by Sherry Grafe. Right. And that's like I said, that's Sherry Papini's maiden name. And the writer said that while growing up in Shasta County, she got into two fights with Latinos who targeted her because she was drug-free, white, and proud of her blood and heritage. 
Now, this Sheriff Basinko said it's not clear if Papini wrote the post, but he said the, the fights the author described were noted in the sheriff's records. And uh, Sherry's friends and families have said that the post was written by someone else. And, get this, Dale, Sherry also maintained a public Pinterest account that contained a section marked Cultural Differences and featuring memes expressing concerns about illegal immigrants and Muslims. But this uh, section on her Pinterest has been taken down. Mm. So, so there's a little more weirdness. Yeah. Some uh, not-so-good stuff in the background, but I'm not so sure about this uh, essay. You know, I'm not saying that's how she failed or how she didn't feel towards Latino people or anything, but I don't think, I think if he's going to go on a uh, skinheads, which is basically like a, a hate page. Well, I don't know. I guess it is. I never saw it. But anyway, well, you, would you write something like that and then sign your real name to exactly. it? Exactly. I mean... If it's just SG or something, you know, I don't know that you would go on the internet and write something like that. And which I, I don't know. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. And it does say that the sheriff, that the fights the author described were not noted in sheriff's records. So it could have all been made up. It could have been made up. So, because I was going to say, if they were really there, was she involved in the fight? But it was all made up. And I don't say, uh, I don't really see that being her. I don't know who would have done it, but. It didn't, don't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. All right. We want everybody to weigh in. Tell us what you think. Will, what do you think? I think it's a hoax. I think okay. it's a hoax. It could be a hoax. That's for sure. Or it could not be a hoax. That's for sure. Yep. I don't know. It just, when I first heard about this, it was like, everybody was like, this is the one that's the hoax. I'm like, so when I started getting into it, I'm like, I don't know. This is pretty interesting. Everything was going on. But then I'm thinking, man, you don't, you didn't get anything out of it except a, a brand on your back and a broke nose. Live in isolation. And going on a hell of a diet plan. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I don't know. I don't understand what you would get out of it, you know. And then basically she said she didn't remember anything about what was going on the whole time. You know, maybe a lot of mental torture or stuff. Or she was drugged. Who knows? You don't really know. She, mm-hmm. Hell, she don't know. How do I know? Yeah. Could have been drugged. You know, I've heard me say serial killers do that to people and let them go. And then they never knew what happened, you know. And she's not telling a lot. Right. No. She, so I don't know if she, maybe she's just afraid. And, you know, she ain't looking at mailbox and she ain't talking. Mm-mm. So <laughs> she's just thankful to be there, I guess. I yep. don't know, but. I don't know. Uh, it's, this is a pretty uh, interesting story. All right. We're going to get out of here, Dale. Let's roll. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is the Crack, Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles. Hey, taxi. Pad four, please. <laughs>